0: It's okay, folks. I have talked Bryce down off the ledge after we missed out on a Khalil Mack. So the full unknown Packers squad is here and ready to get our second season and, of course, the Packers' 100th season off to a good start here. We're breaking down our final 53-man roster as we head into Week 1 versus Mack, of course, and the dreaded Chicago Bears. And speaking of Mack and the Bears, we'll give you a preview And what's to come in year two of the Unknown Packers podcast on Start Me Up with two peas on tap.
1: Stephen A, break it down for us. What happened?
0: Well, what happened was Aaron Rodgers. That's what happened. The
2: bad man. Say it with me, man. He's He's a a bad bad man. man.
1: This week's episode is brought to you by Black Husky Brewing, the one and only sponsor of the Unknown Packers Podcast, the only podcast available in American Sign Language and in spoken English. Start me up on tap. And speaking of on tap, we are in the bungalow. Not Black Husky Brewing. Year two, jump hundredth season. Is it really the hundredth season, or is it the 99th season? Ooh. I don't mean
0: by? to. I don't <laughs> mean to be the bear about.
1: <laughs> Anyway, speaking of on tap, we have Old Nation, Full Earth, New Orthodox, India Pale Ale Series out of, I know it's Michigan. Just trying to see where. Williamston, Michigan.
0: Ah, yes. The metropolis
1: of Williamston. Mm. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Full Earth is coming in at 9.1 ABV. The malt is pills, wheat, oat, and rice. The boil hops is Columbus, Centennial, and Cryo-Laurel. And then it is dry hopped with Columbus, Centennial, Cryo-Laurel, and Cryo-Simcoe. This is as hazy as hazy oh, gets. Yeah. I'm glad I'm here. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I'm here with you.
0: It's the second season, man.
1: Year two jump. Kicking off. Mike McCarthy's always talked about the year one, year two jump. We are actually making that. We are. And this is
0: our... It's st- quite different from last year. You know, last year I think we were clamoring for everybody's heads and at the end of the season we were claiming for everybody's heads but
1: yeah let's so let's shed a little uh, light onto that so the unknown packers podcast obviously we had our one-year anniversary back in march of this year 2018 and we had been talking about doing this podcast since the end of december in 2017 actually the beginning of december of 2017 of, yeah so we're essentially going into Um, A year and a half right now, it'll be about two years come this December, but it is our second year, second season, second Second Packers season, season. of the Green Bay Packers, and last year we talked about Packers Paradise, and we got into a heated
0: battle. Oh yes, Um, oh yes.
1: Yeah, you completely freaked out on our episode, (laughs) I think it was uh, definitely one of the more emotional episodes, and what you had related to was that. We should have more championships than we do now. And what I had elaborated on was that it's okay, man. We have Aaron Rodgers. Well, little did I know that it would only be four weeks of Aaron Rodgers last year. And it's almost been a year since we've seen him play outside of the game against Carolina in December. Where he came back from a less than healed collarbone. Tried to will us like the bad man that he is. In the and the Packers finished 7-9. and nine Give me your take right now as we start the 100th season. We really don't. We're in the 99th season. Next year will be 100. But
0: for marketing purposes... So what does it become 100 at, like, what? Is it based on the year or based on... The season. So August
1: 11th, 1919 is when the the Acme Packers were formed.
0: Okay. So if... Oh, yeah. So that makes... Yeah. So they were formed and then did they maybe not start playing football until... Or no, they they would have to start the year before. And
1: then they went from the Acme Packers to then the Green Bay Packers, City Stadium, Mm -hmm. and then into Lambeau Field. And a little tidbit of information, our opponent this Sunday is the Chicago Bears and George Hallis, how the Packers need to stay in Green Bay. He was the reason why a lot of people came to this rally to get Green Bay to stay and then they finally ended up breaking ground and Lambeau Field was formed. So a lot of the rivalry that we have now has to thank for George S. Hallis. I bet if
0: he could look into the future, he may have uh, thought otherwise.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, they used to beat up on us. That's true. That's true. I mean,
0: isn't it almost even? Now it is. Overall, I mean, throughout history, yeah.
1: And before we get into uh, the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers, obviously the podcast was created from a fan's perspective, and we've evolved over time, and we found our niche. We we provide uh, an ASL interpreter podcast. Um, every week we've uh, provided an episode essentially outside of the dead zone and then a week in February just to get a break and really all this is about is two guys getting together drinking beer and talking about the Packers and what I love the most about the Unknown Packers podcast is that it's community driven we have Black Husky Brewing which is which is our sponsor located in River West which is the neighborhood that used to live in that I live in now and Really, what we're really looking forward to in this year two jump is to give more content on a regular basis. Instead of a week, we'll probably release a couple more episodes, give a pregame and a postgame. So as Mike McCarthy says, it's really not on him. It's on the player to do the year one and year two jump. So it's on us to give you guys more content, to make you guys involved with the Unknown Packers podcast. And we hope that you enjoy the product that we've unveiled so far. That being said, big news over the weekend, or actually, Brian Gutekunst unveiled his 53-man roster. And uh, any surprise cuts that you saw?
0: You know the the biggest one to me, honestly, um, as far as cuts, and just because I thought he had, you know, had had a good camp, um, you know, especially with Oren Burks being injured, we didn't really know what his timeline was. Now it looks like he's going to be should be ready for week one. But Ahmad Thomas, I thought he had a great um, preseason, you know, training camp. Uh, was looking good as that kind of hybrid type of uh, linebacker that Oren Burks is, you know, played safety in college. Um, You know, as far as cuts, you know, that, you know, I or Vince Beagle, actually, that was a, I I was clamoring for him to be cut, but I think I was, that was one of those where I wanted to happen, but I didn't think the Packers would do it. Right. Um, I thought he would be a Packer just based on, you know, their kind of loyalty and, you know, wanting to stick with guys who they drafted um, and the fact that they got rid of him I think says a lot about what we saw in the field, which wasn't that impressive. And maybe, you know, obviously, like a lot of people have said, Gutekunst uh, doesn't really give a crap about who the hell Ted drafted and what that means to them. I mean, it's about who's producing and who's not. I think you have know, two things with
1: that being said. My brain is definitely wired on tradition, on what the Packers have historically done. And this was such a unique Again, this has been a unique offseason. You can totally tell that Brian Gutekunst is the man of the Green Bay Packers. I think back in January, we didn't know if it was McCarthy, Ball, and Gutekunst going to Mark Murphy. Mark
0: Murphy, yeah, I mean.
1: Gutekunst is the man. Oh, yeah. Also, you also have to realize, too, is that he was also in a lot of those talks and discussions as you know, director of college scouting, and a lot of the players that were drafted are players that he scouted. That being said, I don't know if he had any sort of weight or pull on who to keep, who to draft. Right. I I guarantee that was Ted Thompson's decision. And what I like the most is if you're not producing, we're not going to keep you based on potential outside of Tim Boyle, I think. Yeah. And outside of Kaiser, our backup quarterback as well.
0: And then I think also, you know, just to jump on that quick, you know, not necessarily producing um, when it comes to maybe a starter level, but I think a lot of the guys that end up getting kept that I was kind of surprised that they got kept, was purely based on special teams' contributions.
1: Yeah. And Ron Zook had a, had mentioned earlier that he had no pull whatsoever on what players can be kept oh, what players sure. can't. Right. But you did see an emphasis in the draft with Brian Gutekunst, drafting a punter in the fifth round, drafting a long snapper in the seventh round. Some of the surprise cuts, like you had mentioned, Vince Beagle, I, I just strictly thought that since he had a washed rookie season, This was his second year. I figured they'd give him a little bit of a longer leash. But then when you look at the tape, I mean, he got completely manhandled by offensive linemen. Herb Waters, who had made the team on Saturday Uh, and then got cut, essentially got cut for a, a backup running back in Darius Jackson, who will probably get cut after Aaron Jones serves his suspension. For sure. So I thought that Herb Waters did enough to show that he had some potential. And then Dylan Day, there's another guy, undrafted free agent, who I thought that had a possibility to play center, but it looks like Lucas Patrick is going to be the backup. And instead of going fullback, they went with four tight ends. And they cut Ripper and Joe Kerridge as well. But, I mean, when you look at it, it's like, wow. Like, Goody goes by the, the beat of his own drum. Oh, for sure. And I think that's who I want running our team. Definitely. Uh, going on to any surprise keeps, if you will. I'll address the elephant in the room right off the bat, Trevor Davis. Yeah, Trevor I Davis. Think, um, do I think, think Packers podcast hates him.
0: Oh, for but. sure. Uh, yeah, that. I mean, like we, like I said before, you know, guys that made the team just purely based on special teams. That's one of them. Uh, I think another one was probably um, Crawford, James who Crawford, who didn't really. I came out of nowhere in my mind. I mean, yeah, in that last in that Kansas City game, obviously had some big thumping hits on special teams. So I think you know made a name for himself there. Uh, Kyler Fackrell, you know, I keep hearing that's pretty much the only reason he made the team, was he was uh, definitely better at a better special teams player than Beagle, so I think that kind of won him over there. You know, a little bit of a pass, better pass rusher than Beagle was, which isn't saying much, but, you know, again, I think Fackel's one of those guys that's kind of been teetering on the uh, <laughs> the ragged edge right. since he came in. Um, you know, five, I think five safeties was kind of surprising. You know, you have Whitehead. We did, did get your guy, Raven Green, in there, which was pretty amazing. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, ridiculously good camp. Um, and, you know, with a lot of people, and in, including us, thinking that was a position of need. And, you know, Dix wasn't really impressing that much. Uh, you know, the tackling was just a little subpar, it seemed, in preseason games and training camp. Um, you know, and I don't know about you, but still, I think the eight wide receivers, which ended up being, you know, seven now with Kumaro going to IR, Um, But still, I mean, seven plus that, that was kind of crazy to me um, thinking, you know, especially in other places of need, when you talk about, you know, four lineback, four outside linebackers. And, you know, at the time, I think we only had three, you know, four uh, inside linebackers. And then we added a tumor as a free agent. But yeah, I think just the kind of allotted numbers to positions really was interesting to me how it played out.
1: And to echo what Gutekunst said in his pressers, that it came down to competition and it came down to production and it came down to the, the best 53 players regardless of position. Yeah. I think he looked at safety and realized that was a, a, a position of scarcity and probably kept a couple players that probably wouldn't have probably made the team. But then again, um, you have Josh Jones, who's the only guy that did not practice today and yeah. probably won't suit up on Sunday. Maybe they knew that he had some lingering injuries, and that, that allowed... Uh, I I always knew that Jer, uh, Jermaine Whitehead was going to make the team. Yep. I think
0: it, he's another good special teams guy, too, as well. So
1: And Raven Green had a wonderful camp, but you've seen guys have had wonderful camps and then get cut. Right. So I think that also speaks volumes to him making the team, but also I think that they realize that that's a position that they need to fortify a little bit more. Honestly, the yeah, like eight wideouts... Would I have thought Tim Boyle is going to be kept if Damaski and a couple other beat writers had said that, based off of Gudekunst's comments, that uh, Tim Boyle is going to be kept? Outside of that, I probably wouldn't have kept him, but hearing that information, yeah, uh, we ha- I had him on my 53-man roster in our predictions on future projections on tap. I really don't understand why they picked up uh, Darius Jackson uh, from Dallas and they cut Herb Waters, especially... I. I see why with just having Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery. But, man, yeah. both of those guys lit up Chicago. So, for me, you only need to get through one week.
0: Especially Ty. I mean, dude's been, you Slippery. know, just this, this three games against Chicago have been, uh, I mean, if he had that average throughout his entire career, he'd be a top-tier running back.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, Trevor Davis, I get it that they probably looked at it that there's no punt returner, kick returner of, of uh, his expertise, if you will. Yeah.
0: Well, nobody really jumped out. You know, I think they tried to give it to uh, MBS a chance as far as kick returns. Uh, you know, that I think they gave a one or two to Josh Jackson, I think, in game, game two or game three. And then, um, you know, Jair uh, gave him a shot. And, I, you know, I think we didn't see a lot of flash out of Jair, but I think we saw a lot of smarts out of Jair. And then uh, I think Jackson, actually, of all three of them, uh, shined the most to me as far as, you know, playmaking and kind of that elusive ability. But, you know... I I personally, yeah, I definitely think they had, had options if they chose to get rid of Davis, but obviously they didn't think the same.
1: Well, like you mentioned, they put a heavy emphasis on special teams. I'm glad that you mentioned our first uh, two draft picks in the first round, Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson in the second round. We're definitely going to highlight those players in part two. of uh, Start me up on tap. Take it away, Webster X.
2: Today is no end, yeah. Today is no end, yeah. Is no end. Yeah, today is no way, I'm a pussy. Limit today is no end. Yeah, today is no end. Yeah, today is no end. Yeah, today is no end. I'm a Yeah, today is no end. Yeah, today is no end. Yeah, today is no end. Yeah, today is no end.
1: Hope you enjoyed our quick commercial break brought to you by Webster X, who also resides in the River West neighborhood of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, rising hip hop star. That you can find on Spotify. Speaking of Spotify, you can also find the Unknown Packers podcast. Woohoo! Keep an eye out. We'll also be unveiling our year two jump, which means a new website. A website. A website. (laughs) So keep your eyes on that. It'll be unknownpackers.com. We'll be unveiling it right before kickoff this Sunday. Moving into our second part of Start Me Up on Tap. Let's talk about it. Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, most historic rivalry in professional sports. And you have two of the most precocious (laughs) general managers in the NFL with Brian Gutekunst and Ryan Pace of the Chicago Bears. And I wanted to highlight this a little bit is because a lot of players that Ryan Pace ended up acquiring were players that we coveted, the Unknown Packers podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Allen Robinson at wide receiver. Trey Burton at tight end, obviously Khalil Mack, where I sucked my thumb and wept all weekend. We'll talk about Khalil Mack just here in a little bit, but I, I, I want to look at r- what Ryan Pace has done.
0: Don't forget and Andy what. Miller out of Memphis, man. Your boy. I was dying over that Your game. boy. Oh, yeah.
1: Wide receiver, uh, drafted in the second round, I believe.
0: Third round. Third round. They Memphis. traded up, though. Yeah, they did. Yep.
1: And the reason why I want to highlight these general managers right now is because, really, they've transformed both of their organizations. Brian Gutekunst right now has the highest-paid player in the NFL, and Aaron Rodgers, and has arguably probably the most talented quarterback uh, in the NFL to ever play the game. To ever play the game, if you're going to add that there, I'll cheers to that. And Goody has acquired Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, Tremon Williams. Also has brought in Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson. Mark Murphy has also stepped in and provided coaching changes, where they brought in Joe Philbin and Mike Penton. So you have this whole transformation right now. I feel like I'm, am I forgetting a, um, a free agent acquisition that Gutikuns acquired?
0: Uh, I think. I mean, you had the big ones. You know, there was Byron Bell, which Byron Bell, you know he's a backup offensive lineman. Uh, made the trade for a Morrison. Antonio just Morrison. recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ooh, uh, we traded away Demarius Randall. Oh yeah. And Deshaun the Shiner- Kaiser. Kaiser. There you
1: go. And then Ryan Pace obviously has gotten a lot of uh, players that we were, we were seeking out. However, he still has an underdeveloped quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky. Right. And everything lies squarely on Mitch Trubisky's shoulders. And Aaron Nagler said it best. He was a guest on Pack-A-Day Podcast, um, the owner of uh, or Scotty Sports. Andy Herman is the owner of pack Podcast. And he talked about that the Bears have always done this, regardless of who the general manager is. They've always gone out and made big, splashy moves Mm -hmm. year in and year out, regardless of who the general manager is. So Ryan Pace has pretty much mortgaged his future for right now. Yeah. And so if you're looking at it on paper, who would you rather have? Would you have the free agent acquisitions that Pace brought in, or would you rather have the free agent acquisitions that Gutekunst has brought in? Put me on the spot, Jeremiah.
0: Uh, I mean, and and the team around them, I think that's a no-brainer. Just... Just, just the acquisitions. Agents, just the acquisitions. Yep. You know, uh, I'm going to say the Packers, because in, in my mind and the history of the NFL, as far as I can remember, and, you know, this short time span of these massive contracts, um, you know, the, the what's the last team that has had the highest paid defensive player, whether that was, uh, like I say Aaron Donald just became that and then got outdone by Khalil Mack. But, uh, you know, before that, who were we looking at? You know, uh, the Earl Thomases, the, you know, Barrys, the... Uh, oh, Nadam Kinsu is you know guys like that. It's made Ray it Lewis. you know won Super Bowls. I don't know, if Ray, was Ray ever the top top paid guy? I don't think so. Don't um, but you know on those those teams that where they're investing that much money into single single players, not not building an entire defense like you know you mentioned Ray Lewis. I mean those those Ravens defenses were top to bottom ridiculously talented. I mean you're talking about guys like Mack and. Um, you know, uh, Aaron Donalds, you know, players like that, I don't, I would rather have your team built around a quarterback um, that's making a jack load of money and then, you know, building and bringing in those free agent acquisitions like a Jimmy Graham, uh, like a Mercedes Lewis that fortify positions of need, uh, fortify veteran positions uh, with guys like Tremont Williams, um, you know, having elite, or not possibly elite rookies, very exciting rookies, and second-year players and, and guys like Kevin King, so I think, you know, with, I know, you know, we're not, we're not talking about other players on the team, but I think still you have to have, somewhat of an idea with that in mind of those acquisitions. You know, I, I think if you're just looking at it acquisition acquisition, that, that's not a fair, you know, comparison. You need to kind of keep the whole picture in mind as to why, you know, why you got these players. I mean, Allen Robinson, the only reason he got there is because Kevin White was a complete failure. You know what I mean, like was just
1: now on the field for the first time in what, like three years? Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, just ridiculously first wa- round draft pick? wasted draft pick. Well, maybe not, you know, he might show up. but I mean, three
1: years later, you got to give the Bears props for investing him in three years or they didn't really have anybody else and they're like, all right,
0: we are. I think already- that's what it was. I mean, we've seen that in the past couple of years. They've, it's kind of been a revolving door. I mean, who was their Cameron Meredith, was that their guy last year? Or one of their better receivers? I mean, Eddie I, Royal, I think?
1: When I look at the Bears, I look at Jordan Howard and I look at Tariq Cohen and I look at Matt Nagy and what he did in Kansas City with Kareem Hunt Yeah. and Spencer Ware and then obviously had Alex Smith. And So I look at Trubisky as a guy that probably will become the ceiling, I think, will be like Alex Smith. Great character, great leadership, mm-hmm. um, adequate arm, makes good decisions. But then again, he's underdeveloped and he's inconsistent. Yeah. Right? And I, I put you on the spot for a reason, just because there really is no right or wrong answer. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. I think when you have a young quarterback, and you can parallel that to what Seattle did, when right. you had Russell Wilson before he had that mega contract. You're able to get people you got to go all in. Yep, for sure. And so you go all in with Cleo Mack, but they've had linebackers in the past, and they still didn't get a Super Bowl. Oh, for sure, And yep. so I, I admire Bears fans' optimism. And they definitely deserve it because they had to go through hell with Jake Keltler, who does not give a fuck. <laughs> or l- at least the like body language fuck, yeah, and the yeah. facial expressions of a guy that didn't give a fuck. But then again, I mean, the, what the Bears want, we already have. We've had sustained success. We've oh, yeah. had the opportunity Yo. of year in, year out, outside of last year, going to the playoffs. And I think going into this year, had we done the same thing, if, if 1265, if Mark Murphy didn't pee in, on the unknown Packers podcast and learn (laughs) and and hear about burning down the house. Oh yeah. You probably have Ted Thompson here again. And what's refreshing, what's invigorating, what's effervescent about this new year, the hundredth season in quotations (laughs) is that we now have the opportunity not to just have to rely on what's happened in the past. It's just, it's a breath of fresh air and now everyone just needs to stay healthy. That's all that they need to do is stay healthy. But keep in mind with the Bears is, is they lack any sort of depth. On paper, it's just first team, and after that, there is no depth. And I uh, I can't remember who the beat writer is from Chicago, but he was on uh, Local Sports Radio today, 105.7 FM, The Fan. And he had mentioned that uh, the real the identity of a real good team is from top to bottom they have depth. Yeah. And the Bears have none. So they're really going all in on hoping that Their run game is going to carry them, and I think that Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard give us fits. Oh, for sure. And it'll be interesting to see what type of punishment, what type of uh, pressure that the defensive line can create, and that will allow Machines, and that will allow our linebackers to actually try to attack Cohen and Howard rather than have them just burn us. So that's that's kind of in my back of my mind is that all the acquisitions that they brought in are great. Oh, yeah. But El Robinson is recovering from an ACL injury. I don't even think he's a year removed from that. No, I don't think so. Trey Burton was a backup tight end who we adore, who we love, but just screams just, it's just potential.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much going off a great playoff run Super Bowl.
1: Cleo Mack, absolutely. He checks all the boxes, character, leadership, all pro player. But then again, they had Brian Urlacher. They did not win a Super Bowl. Lance Briggs did not win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And so they've had these defenses where they haven't won a Super Bowl. It relies on Trubisky. But for me, it's Mike Pett. Yeah. If nice. it was Capers, I would say, I really hope Aaron Rodgers and the Packers <laughs> score 45 points. Right. And we're going to win 45 41. Yep. But now Mike Pettin brings
0: this sort of. There's an optimism.
1: Optimism and like this elusiveness that we don't even know. Yeah. Because he really hasn't dialed it up in preseason. You can't. You got to keep that no. secret.
0: When he has, I mean, he's shown some glimpses, and he's, you know, he's told guys, you know, don't be surprised when you're a free rusher when you have just open, open run, you know, open season on the quarterback because that's what he does best. I mean, he, you know, people have said that with Jets defenses, Bills, uh, Brown, even the Browns, um, you know, you're not surprised when all of a sudden you have a guy running free just because of the way he disguises things and obviously doesn't make them complicated, a la Tom Capers. But I think that'll be, and you, I think you saw that in a few of the preseason games where you know, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, Jair's coming out of nowhere, or, uh, you know, a safety or Kentrell Bryce. Um, Or or, Burks, I think, had a couple where he's just darting right up the middle and, uh, you know, taking a uh, running back down in the backfield. So, you know, I think plays like that or or schemes like that will just multiply once, uh, you know, regular season hits and coming Sunday, for sure.
1: Well, again, I think it comes down to the defensive line. If you're going to pick an MVP outside of Aaron Rodgers, I think you have to look at that defensive line, and I think when you look at the defensive line, you're looking at the ascension of just a 22 year old player in Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark, man, 22 years old. So five years, even in the most you know prime age, it's five years younger than that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh yeah. And granted, what do you have? Four and a half sacks in the last three games. And, yep. Last year. Oh yeah. I mean, he was a beat. he was dominant, just purely dominant in those last three or four weeks.
1: So as long as everyone stays healthy, I think that people are worried about going into the season with just four linebackers, yeah. outside linebackers, which I understand. But I just look at that defensive line, and they're going to create so many openings for those linebackers, those safeties, and those quarterbacks to just absolutely punish the quarterback or a or running back that tries to pick up a
0: blitz. When you talk about depth, too, I think that's the most exciting thing about you know defensive line. You talk about guys wearing down or getting tired. I think when you have five guys that can rotate in, when you, know, you add Montrevious Adams, and Dean Lowry to the you know Daniels, um, Kenny Clark, and of course uh, Muhammad Wilkerson. I think that just makes it even more dangerous. Because then you're you know, you have guys that are fresh, you have guys that are you know almost interchangeable. Uh, obviously, there's a little bit of drop off for sure, but you know, I think the skill sets um, provided by a Lowry and a, a Montrevious Adams kind of are similar to the guys that they would be kind of filling in for and rotating with. So, uh, that I'm super excited about that. Um, you know, going in, I think you mentioned health and depth. Um, I think the O-line, especially with the acquisition of Khalil Mack and how they, you know, when they're together as the, the, the starting five with McRae in there now, who's kind of been slotted in as the starting right guard. Uh, when they're together and healthy, they're a pretty formidable group. Of Might off, be the best offense, in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, and especially, you know, at the bookends, you've got Balaga, who, when healthy, probably considered one of the best right tackles in the league. Obviously, we know about Bakhtiari. Uh, rated, you know, pro football focused as the best left tackle in the game. Um, so, I mean, if those guys are healthy, shutting down Mac, Floyd, um, Eddie Goldman, I think is the inside, guys like that, I think. Akeem Hicks? Akeem Hicks, oh, yeah. I, I meant, it's funny you talk about Ryan Pace. He was actually a Ryan Pace uh, draft pick from the New Orleans that came over as a free agent to the Bears.
1: Well, speaking of New Orleans, I did want to highlight. Uh, what New Orleans did last year with drafting Marshawn Lattimore in the first round, what ended up being Defensive Rookie of the Year, and then drafting Elvin Kamara in the third round, went ended up being Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I know that we try to level expectations of our rookies, but you look at what the Saints did, I mean, essentially they were a, a missed tackle from Marcus Williams a, away from going to the NFC Championship oh, yeah. and playing the Philadelphia Eagles, and who knows what would have happened with Philadelphia and New Orleans there, and Obviously, Stephon Diggs and the Minnesota Miracle, and they go to the NFC Championship. But, I mean, the Saints, what's so interesting with Drew Brees is they've always had these peaks and valleys of seasons. Yep. And then you bring in first-round draft pick Marshawn Lattimore, who I believe had eight interceptions.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And
1: then the year before that, Marcus Peters from Kansas City, I believe, had eight interceptions, who was also a first-rounder. You might be wondering why I'm mentioning this, is, is that Pete Prisco projected that our boy, Josh Jackson, second-round draft pick would be Defensive Rookie of the Year. And a second-rounder, or worse, or, or or lower, has never won Defensive Rookie of the Year. It's always been a first-round first draft pick. Nice. And so Josh Jackson, as you've seen, has the ball skills for to sure. take it to the house, has the wherewithal to be a real big, formidable chess piece for Mike Pettin. And the reason why I'm talking about this is that I really do believe that Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson are going to provide that rookie impact And obviously Kamara was a running back and Lattimore is a cornerback. So you've got two different positions because Jair is not going to play on the perimeter as is uh, Josh Jackson. But I look at it as these two guys that are going to come in and they're going to completely transform our defense and provide rookie impacts a la what Kamara and Lattimore did for the Saints. And If that is the case and we stay healthy, I think the sky's the limit.
0: Uh, Yeah, and I think you're kind of forgetting one, two guys, Uh, Ryan Ramchick from Wisconsin, who was offensive lineman, right tackle, started 16 games, was a very, I uh, was actually, again, pro football focus, rated as the number six tackle in the league last year, and, you know, another draft pick, so that was their second, that was their first round, yeah. second first round pick, and then, you know, dropped down to the Kamara, I believe, was then their, their next pick on the the docket, check. but, um, you know, so nailed three draft picks in the first three, first two or three rounds, and uh, that's insane, um. But then I think you go to the Packers, and I, don't, I, think, uh, I think Oren Burks is going to be another, I think he's going to be that third guy that we talk about at the end of the season. Uh, again, the, you know, granted he stays healthy, but I think he provides that um, just versatility, and we've seen it already in the preseason that you know, people maybe said, well, he's a, you know, a converted safety, he's not going to be that um, meat, you know, that muscle on the inside. But I think we've seen that he, he can be that uh, with his tackling ability, you know, run stopping, kind of tackles in the, in the backfield. So yeah, I'm you know definitely Jair for sure, Josh Jackson, who probably is going to be my next jersey pick. Um, but uh, I you know, definitely got to throw an Oren Purse in there, I think too. I love it. And as we wrap up, start me up on tap. The beauty
1: is that we're going into our second year, and our second year predictions. Uh, we'll be unveiling our uh, predictions for each defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, MVP, so on and so forth. Uh, this week. But the beauty is that we have no idea what's going to happen this NFL season, the "quote unquote" Hunter season of the Green Bay <laughs> Packers. So before we play on Sunday, this episode before the season starts, give me your honest, real, raw, visceral opinion of the Green Bay Packers.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, this year, uh, I'm, I'm you know a little too, probably too excited about the defense, like we just talked about those rookies. I think they, I think they come in and I think they. Contribute a lot um, to the defense, and Mike Pettin, I think the scheme, defensive line, Aaron Rodgers. The offense is going to be clicking uh, like 2011. Um, I, I'm saying 12 and four, and I, you know, I I don't want to get too crazy because the NFC is stacked. I mean, you got the Rams, you got the Eagles coming back, um, you got the Vikings. I think we're in a, one of the toughest divisions in football. But I think with the additions we've made, and I, th- I feel like there's a different kind of feeling. I, I think it's, you know, NFC Championship uh, for sure. Well, I'm saying we're going all the way, baby. Rogers Revenge Tour, we're
1: winning the Super Bowl. I know I'm a crazy Packers fan, but so are you. This is Bryce
0: Christensen. This is Jerem Highwayman, And this is the Unknown Packers Podcast.
1: Well, this is it, Rock, the season right here on this fourth down play how many times have we said that on this drive rogers in the shotgun three receivers left one to the right packers need at least seven yards to move the
2: chains rogers gets the snap blitz is on Rodgers scrambles he winds up Greg rainbow he's got cobb at the ten to the five, yes! to the end zone touchdown and a dagger oh my goodness an nfc north division championship dagger of 47 yards. Place. I'm trying to hold my place So please get out my way Waiting on everything to come together So I can sing the pain away That life will bring I'm holding on to one thing This that hope, this that joy It's for keeping poised Through the noise I'm that boy, ready to destroy It's that hope, it's that joy It's for keeping poised Through the noise boy, ready to destroy Fade in, fade out What you saying now? Let in the doubt get up in your house We must protect this house What's under armor? An exposed heart with no karma I'm the chief, call me Keith Kozar. That's the key, if you ain't know that I smoke a bat, Went with the bros back At the flat. I, 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 push that Until it's inflated, I'm feeling like a pagan Boy, I believe in everything Until it's gone real bright like a cyber sand Until a nigga living cause he pay the rent Till we in the UK Ela. Right. Let's, let's like Mountain, in the end, and when I finally get a check from my parents I'ma push to the limit till there's yeah, uh, full- yeah, the no end Yeah, uh, today like is no end can- Yeah, today is no end Yeah, today is no end I'ma push the limit till there's no end Yeah, today is no end Yeah, today is no end Yeah, today is no end I'ma push the limit till there's no end Yeah, today is no end Yeah, today is no end Yeah, today is no end X ball player, in the middle I hit layups In LA we hit a full court press Making moves to alleviate stress Putting meals on the budget, what's next? Put a couple numbers on the board, flex Till somebody wanna cut a big check Put my paper in the palace, protect Yo, neck. I'm growing a a million times and now I know it I'm like four, built tough and focused I'm black and my melanin potent Rock, feminist shit still stroking My girl and my favor, open, nigga Yeah, today is no end yeah, today is no end. 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 I'ma push till limit. Today is no end. Yeah, today is no end. Yeah, today is no end. Yeah, today is no end. I'ma push limit. Today is no end.